Hello, and welcome to the 101st episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackman, and I'm an associate professor here at Purdue University in wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana, where I talk about, read about, write about, dream about, think about, amongst other things, Video games, video games, video games. And let me say, it's kind of anticlimactic to say the 101st episode. It's like starting all over again. That's not anticlimactic. That's beautiful. Um, But it's also a special day. Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. Because tomorrow Uh is Sam's birthday. (laughs) And so we're singing. Ready? Oh my God! Happy birthday, 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 birthday to you! Happy birthday! 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 Happy Let's never. <laughs> All right. I'm joined tonight <laughs> by a bunch of by a bunch of idiots. <laughs> um, I am joined tonight by a wonderful bevy of brilliant women who are going to introduce themselves, and we are going to start with uh, you, Alex Lane, since you're first on my screen. Well, I'm first in your heart too, so that's yes. Um, my name is Alex Lane. I am an assistant professor at Metropolitan State University in St. Paul. I study video games and feminism, and my career is shortly going to be destroyed. <laughs> As threatened by men's rights activists today. So, we don't know. I mean, a prominent feminist. Someone on the internet. Someone on the internet. So, That's too bad, Alex. Next Next time I'll be introducing myself as the formerly employed Alex Yeah, Ryan. Sorry, Alex. It's okay. Well, you could have saved me like five years of having to, you know, take <laughs> you through a PhD program. Right? I thought you were your ass. Like, I used to be Jeez. very respectable until I met you, Samantha. So we each could have saved each other some problems. Eh? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not taking that. I don't buy it. No, I don't buy it. Alicia. Damn. Oh, I'm Alicia Carabinas. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a PhD in rhetoric and composition, where I'll be studying games and um, other things this fall at Purdue University, where I'm currently a lecturer. And Sam owns me, body and soul. <laughs> that don't sound good. No, that's, that's right. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just the truth, okay? Body, soul, and future. Yeah, no shit. All right. Uh... Ashley. Hi. Um, so I'm Ashley Barry. I'm a contributing writer for Not Your Mama's Gamer, and I also work in publishing in the Boston area. And I keep muting myself because I'm eating a jar full of a mason jar full of dry Cheerios. I know, really good, and I can't stop eating it. I have bourbon in a mason jar. We can be mason jar twins, but we can. Oh, come on. But one of you is channeling a drunk, and the other is channeling a two-year-old. Yep. Mm-hmm. Lucia and I are two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or we could, together we could be a drunken two-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's true. But our powers combined. 
and Charlotte. Charlotte, put the, write this shit, please, because everything's already off the fucking rails. I can't help you with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. I'm Charlotte Hyde. I'm a doctoral candidate at Purdue University. I'm the resident Lego scholar. I don't know what else to tell you. You're on a hiatus right now from the side, and we already miss you. Uh, mm -hmm. You know what? It's funny because I actually already miss it. It sucks. Mm -hmm. so, probably I won't be on hiatus for the full 100%. I, it probably won't happen. So. Yay! You miss us. You miss I us. I do. I do. But um, I do start the main master, so yikes. <laughs> <laughs> eh. All right. So let's get started because we got fun stuff to talk about tonight. We'll start with our usual, what you uh, playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking. Because those are important questions. And we'll start with you, Alex Lane. What you playing? Um, I'm, I played a lot of different stuff this week, uh, these two last two weeks. Um, I played Neverwinter on the PC and the X-Bone. They are not linked. So Told all of the not money I spent on the Xbox One version Sorry. does not translate to my PC version. So that mm. sucks. And also, no one plays Neverwinter with me. You guys gotta play. Um, oh, I played Rayman Legends. Um, some couch co-op. It's a one of the best co-op games I've played. It's really fun. It's one of the um, best games ever. It, yeah, I played, uh, I played... I took a page out of Sam's book and at... Uh, at the graduate at the graduation ceremony, I brought my 3DS and played uh, Paper Sticker Mario. That was fun. I played a lot of Sims 4. They came out with a new expansion for it. Um, did you guys see that? It's mm -hmm. forty dollars. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. crazy. So I went on with the idea to buy it so I could talk about it this week, and I was like, and so I read after I saw it was forty bucks. I read the little write up of it, and it doesn't sound like there's that much stuff. Like it's a work one, so it's like more work related stuff, and it's like mm -hmm. work sucks. I don't want more stuff to do at work and pay $40 for it. So I didn't get it. So uh, whatever. But it's still fun. Uh, don't Starve Together. Um, and then I played... I actually didn't get to the Lego Batman 3 demo because I was doing this instead. And then Shiftlings. Has anybody played that? No, I saw it. It's cute. It's really cute. They're, uh, you, there's two characters, and you can control both of them by switching back and forth if you're playing by yourself, or you could, it's made for co-op. And your character at the beginning drinks this, like, the busiest drink in the universe, and then farts up his suit. So he, like, blows up, like you're both normal size, but one of you gets really big, and you're connected to another shiftling with, a, with an oxygen tube, and you can make who's fat go back and forth between the characters, so you have to navigate, you guys are connected by this, too, but if it gets cut, you both go off into the space and die. So you have to like navigate who has the air in them. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of cute. It's kind of gimmicky, um, and it's really easy, like really easy. Um, so probably a good game for kids. Uh, and it's also really interesting, like the fat comments they make in it, because the guy, like the narrator, who's really annoying, is constantly calling you fat. So, huh. Well, so that would make it not a good game for kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can talk about it, though. I like, but, to, I like to do things like that sometimes with, with my son just to discuss. Yeah, that's a good idea. And I think, like, most parents would see that and be like, oh, it's perfect, and the guy, and would think that the comments are funny. Like, you can't fit through that, Tobo, you know, because you're not fat. You're just, like, blown up with air. But that would be a good thing to talk about. Yeah. 
So, um, and then the other game I played is Home is Where You Start, which was my indie game of the week, which I'll talk about at a later date. See there. All righty. Yay. Thanks, Ashley. I have been playing a couple of games. I've been playing Don't Starve Together because now I'm obsessed. Um, we need I'm, to play together. You need to tell I, me what you're playing. I know. I, I usually play, um, when I get home from work, I'll like play for like an hour, an hour and a half with uh, Sam, the boyfriend Sam, not Sam the Sam. Um, well, send me a message next time you play. I will. And I've also been playing um, this little indie game uh, called Hotel Remorse. Um, you know, there's not many video games that are set in hotels anymore. Or, or really, I can't think of many that are. Like, I, that's a really common thing in like horror, you know, movies and whatnot. But not really so much in video games. Not that I can. Did think you ever of play it. Hotel Dusk? No. Five Nights at or no, yeah. not Five Nights. No, it's set in a like a Chuck E. Cheese kind of place. But anyway. It's kind of cool. Um, and then I played this other indie game called Over the Hills and Far Away, <clears throat> mm. which is a text-based game. Um, and yeah, I'm still trudging through Majora's Mask. I just I'll finish it one day, one of these days. It's gonna happen. Um, I been, oh, and I've been playing this game, uh, Lifeline, which was featured on Offworld, I think. Um, it's a text-based game on the iPhone, and I think it was, I think it's written by the guy, somebody from uh, Telltale. Uh, so it's really interesting. You have to guide, um, <laughs> basically all the action happens off-screen. So basically you're like texting an astronaut back and forth, and he's like, oh man, um, I have to go do this thing. What should I do? Should I go left or right? And you have to be like... You have to decide for him, left or right. So, um, I've already killed him like three times. I've had to go back. <laughs> I'm not very good at keeping people alive in games. So, um, I meant to get that. I'm going to get it right now because you're talking about it. Yeah, it's good. I think it's only like three dollars on. It's two ninety nine. I'm in the app store right now. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's good. I like it. It has some really cool. Uh, I like the little background music. It's kind of neat. So. The price point is one of the best reasons to buy indie games. Like, I will yeah. buy indie games every other day, even if they're short, yep. because you support development, you get to have a cool experience, something out of the, you know, off the shelf or whatever variety, right. and, and yeah. it's cheap. Who cares? Yep. Yep. Is it yep. only on iOS? Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. So I have to play it on my iPad. I totally just reached for my phone. My phone isn't in this room right now. I just assume it's always next to me. Within I would have a fucking heart attack if my phone wasn't next to me. Yeah. A freaking heart attack. It's in my purse somewhere. <laughs> oh well. Alright. Then I guess it's my turn. Um, as I kind of wrote about on the site this week, I am playing Terraria. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing a lot of Terraria right now. Um, I started playing it on the 360 because it was free with, uh, well, I guess not free, but free with games for gold. Um, and it, it all started with, it's, it's interesting because we, we watched a lot of Terraria videos, my Scampy Cat, um, his Let's Play episodes before we started playing it because Pete wanted to play it. Um, we started on a 360. Uh, it was fine on the 360, but my primary console right now is the Xbox One. I mean, 
that's what we watch Netflix and Hulu Plus and like all of our programming on and where I do all my the majority of my gaming not all of but the majority of my gaming so it was kind of a pain in the butt to have to switch between consoles and I said well if I'm gonna be end up playing as much of this as I think I'm gonna end up playing I might want to stream it at some point um, so I went ahead and bought the uh, Xbox One copy as well. Um, and that was a whole uh, lot of mental gymnastics to excuse that dual purchase. Shut I was kind of thinking that too. <laughs> and so, <laughs> like I said, I've been playing a lot of Terraria, um, mostly just doing the work my daughter doesn't want to do. <laughs> um, You're a good mama. <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> Don't give her a big head just because tomorrow's her birthday. No, it's a, no I am fully aware of the fact birthday. that my kid is pimping me out in games on a, on a regular. Um, Sucker. I know. And uh, so I've been playing that. i also been playing some Don't Starve Together. Um, and no, Alex saying I have not played with you because you are never around to play when I want to play. That is not true. Blah, blah, blah. I am on I, every night this week. I've been on playing. I might have been not on Steam playing, but, or on Origin or something. But I've been on every night. Well, you need to tell us you're playing. I will do that. Um, and on my 3DS, I've been playing. I've still been playing those little, those crazy new little mini games that came out with the last update. So I've been fishing and fighting zombies on my 3DS, and then. Um, also, I started playing the uh, the new the the demo for the new Mario puzzle game, which is like Candy Crush slash Bejeweled slash any match three game um, Mario themed. Um, and I guess they actually think they're gonna sell that to people. But anyway, um, mm -hmm. I mean it's cute for what it is, but really I'm not gonna pay for it, especially since everybody is releasing free to play. It's like it's like once Nintendo decided to do free-to-play games for the 3DS, they just came out with ten versions of Candy Crush. Has anybody else been playing that and noticed that? But that's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and I picked up a Humble Bundle this week um, because one of the games that I've really been wanting to play on Android and never got around to. Uh, who is murdering their keyboard? Yeah, Alicia, your, your noises are kind of noisy. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll stop. I've been uh, playing... Um, it's pen and paper. The pen and paper game. Was It's like a... <coughs> excuse me. It's like a... Well, it is a digital version of a tabletop role-playing game. And actually, like the little the little avatars uh, in the game are actually role playing, role playing like they're playing like Dungeons and Dragons. Shut up! It's really cute. It's kind of cheesy, but it's really cute and it's really fun. And, I mean, and this That's is the cool. time to grab it. Yeah, cool. this is the time to grab it because I got it through a humble bundle, and you get other stuff too. So that's about all I've been playing. I've been playing a lot. What's that one called? Pen and paper. Exactly. It is pen and paper, but I think yeah, there's more to the title. Okay. I'll find it. 
<coughs> Excuse me. Um, that's not all I've been playing. Somebody else can go while I look this up. Who is next on the list? That would be me. Um, guess what I've been playing? State of Decay. State of Decay. One hundred hours. Um. So yeah, there's that. I've been a bit more because I can't stop, never stop. Um. I played some Destiny with Sam, who didn't put it on her list. Um, oh, right. I did not put that on my list. We did play Destiny. We no, did not. Uh, no, I've been playing some Never play. Alone with my husband and my son, uh, playing co-op different times. And um, we've been teaching the baby how to play Angry Birds. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. She'll have such good yeah. hand-eye coordination. Well, she already does, so... And she likes it. She thinks it's funny. She she says pigs, pigs, pigs. She wants to play with pigs. <laughs> so she enjoys it. But that's pretty much it for me. Lots of state of decay. Go figure. It's called uh, Knights of Pen and Paper. And it's uh, on Android, but it's also on Windows, Mac, and Linux. With a K? Yes. Of cool. course. All yeah. right. Charlotte, what you been playing, darling? Well, not much. I played Don't Starve Together with Alex for about, what, 10 minutes? <laughs> um, I kept playing all night. I made yeah, I, a I did not. fabulous <laughs> home for us, and you left me. And I need to come back to that home. It's but, still uh, there. I haven't done that. and uh, I don't know. I, I sort of just got into Legos, and that happens sometimes. So I'm trying to build a Lego haunted apartment. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I kind of like that. Fun. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. So I've been less with the games and more with the Lego this time. Cool. All right, what you reading, folks? That's Nothing. easy one to jump to. Well, <laughs> Ashley, you're see, you seem to be reading stuff. What you reading, darling? I am reading this. Uh, graphic novel that I picked up at PAX East like forever ago in March and I just started, I actually just finished it the other night and it's called um, Bold Riley and it's about this Indian woman who also happens to be a lesbian and she's super awesome and she's like a superhero. Um, very, oh, very cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I'll link it uh, somewhere where you guys can find it. Put um, it in the base camp and I'll put it in the post. I will, and um, I just finished Saga Volume 3, and I'm reading Cats of Ulthar as well, the love, kind of mm. getting into Lovecraft recently, so that's what I've been reading. Anybody um, else? I, I will, um, and then Sam can go last. Uh, I was rereading a little <clears throat> bit of Hero with a Thousand Faces for conference stuff, yay, and I've been rereading some The Walking Dead trade paperbacks. Um, related to that also, but just for fun too. Because, I don't know, I like the uh, the end of the series where it is right now. It's not the end, of course, but where, where they are right now. No spoilers, but it's pretty fascinating stuff, how it's developed over the years. Sam? Yes, I'm here. I'm back. <laughs> what you reading? Um, I, not a whole lot. Um, I am uh, 
finishing up Rat Queens Volume 1, which is like the first, what, five or six trades. Um, and the second volume came out today, as a matter of fact. Um, so I'm pretty sure I'll be picking that up this weekend because uh, I'm loving it. It's funny and hilarious. It's really funny and hilarious. It's hilarious and kind of, <laughs> I don't know, I don't want to say edgy. But when it comes to, and it was funny when I bought the first volume. Of course, I'm in a comic book store. I'm, you know, 40-something years old. And I'm buying comics. Um, and I go to check out. And the guy at the counter's like, well, you know, it can be kind of offensive. And I'm like... Well, damn, nobody told me it was going to be offensive. They said, hey, this is an awesome kind of feminist comic. Pick this shit up, right? And then, so it's like funny because as I was reading through, as I was reading the comic and I was like, there's nothing offensive in this. I was like, I'm more offensive than this comic. What the hell? <laughs> um, so, oh my goodness. Uh, so, hold on, please. Um. <laughs> So I said, uh, oh my gosh. So that, and then I finished Glitch uh, by Krista Charter and started Summer Wind. So um, I'll tell you more about uh, Rat Queens once I get to the second volume. What are you guys drinking? Um, I'm double fisting it tonight with Me some... too! Yay! Uh, Ace Joker hard cider. It's the highest alcohol content of any hard cider I found. I'm gonna go get some tomorrow. At seven, <laughs> it's not so. So here's the deal. I found two new ciders for those of you who like ciders but think they're too sweet. Um, Woodchuck has two new versions that are fabulous. One is a hopped cider, so it has a little like hoppy beer flavor Ooh. to it. It sounds weird, but it is so good. It's so good. And then they have a bourbon barrel aged cider. So it's got like a bourbon undertone to it. It is so good. It's so good. So look for those. They're both woodchuck. Um, But this one is fabulous. Ace Joker. And then um, some scotch. And I had uh, some Sour Patch Kids to go with the scotch, but I ate them. So if I get up to go let the dogs out, I'm probably getting more. I wish I had some gummy bears right now. Mm. They, nothing now I want some too. Gosh, like a good sour patch kid. That's disgusting. I uh, changed headsets, so hopefully you won't get any background noise anymore. Okay. Well, that's my, just, I'm only drinking turn? two things. I know. Shock. <laughs> Is it my turn? Yep, it, it can be. I was going to go next because I'm also double fisting. Okay, well, why don't you tell us what you're double fisting in, darling? I am double fisting first because we're talking about choice feminism this evening and all our careers have been threatened. Um, and so I need to drink copious Only amounts. because they're less powerful. Right. Uh-huh. I'm drinking Honker's Ale again because I love Goose Island. And I'm going to finish off this bottle of Bullet bourbon that I've drank, I've had through three podcasts. Now this is podcast number three. That's weak. (laughs) I only drink it during the podcast. So you drank drank Um, a third of a bottle every podcast? (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to say it in that tone. I feel like you're judging me. Judging me. Judging you. Judging you. Because, yes. 
I did that on purpose. My choices. That's perfectly legit. Coming from me, and I would know. Something mm-hmm. is too much. Well, I All am right. drinking since... Are you done, Alicia? Mm-hmm. Or are you drinking something with a third hand that you haven't told me <laughs> Go on ahead. <laughs> I am drinking a Krabby's Fruits Cloudy Alcoholic Lemonade. It's actually kind of cloudy. It looks kind of good. It looks kind of sweet, like really sweet. Like, mm-hmm. like kind of sweet or really sweet, because those two things are not the same. I feel like it's it's just all saccharin. <laughs> <laughs> not pretty sure sugar. No, I don't mean like in the in the sense of sugar versus saccharin. I mean like it looks like a big bag of sweet. It's lemonade. It's, it's in a bottle. Just I know you say it's lemonade, <laughs> but lemonade is not always that sweet. It's supposed lemonade. to be sweet. Okay. I think lemonade is supposed lemonade. to be sweet. I think I'm probably getting the answer to my question is that I probably want to like. I it. got a lemon tree for Mother's Day. That is awesome. So I'll be that making feels so good. Lemonade. I know. Are you going really to make cloudy alcoholic lemonade? I, I, I probably will put some alcohol in my lemonade, and it might be cloudy <laughs> by the time I'm done. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's, it is sweet. It, it tastes like a um, a carbonated lemonade with a little malty aftertaste. Mm. I'll try it. I'm just afraid it'll be too sweet for me. But. Well, here's what you do. You buy a four-pack. Uh, or I, or do they have it at the fresh time when I can get one? Yeah, they do. I was okay. going to say buy a four pack if you don't like it, just bring the other three to me. Or <laughs> <laughs> just go. mix it with whiskey. That's what I do when my ciders are too sweet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm drinking Summer Shandy, which is the non-sweet version of lemonade. Every time um, I see it, I think of you. Summer Shandy is yeah. kind of sweet. It's kind of sweet, but it's not like cloying, I guess. Yeah. Which is what I fear that lemonade is. It's 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 probably too sweet for you. I I mean I don't I've never had a summer shandy, and actually drinking this I was like I wonder if I would like a summer shandy, so I might try one at some point. I bet you would like it, even though it is a fruit beer. Well, so is this technically, and I really like this. I don't even know what made me. Well, I know what made me try it because they put it by the front, like like at the candy counter. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, it's candy for adults. Um, so I put it at a candy counter, and I kept walking past it, and finally I couldn't walk past it anymore. So, Well, I think that summer shandy tastes like lemonade, except not cloyingly sweet lemonade. So, you might like it. I like my lemonade sweet, though. Yeah. It's not not sweet, though. I mean, just you'll have to try one. I guess. I'll have to. Yeah. All right. Did we cover all the what you're drinking? Yes. I mean, I'm drinking water, but... Uh, yeah, we knew <laughs> that. <laughs> it makes me, you know, all this talk of lemonade makes me think of lavender lemonade. Have any of you had that? No. Mm-hmm. no. Oh, yummy. I like it. That sounds anyway. like fancy for us. Do they have, like, lavender alcoholic lemonade? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, probably. Yeah, so you can make it. I was going to say, you can make it. Oh, Lush, can you imagine... Lemon. Can you imagine lemonade with a lavender infused vodka? Wow. Yes, I'm in I'm imagining it right now. Whoa. <laughs> I'm imagining it in my mouth. There you go. In my mouth. All right. It's the musical episode. Nope. Oh, we can tell been drinking. Nope. <laughs> nope. So How about we're doing you? Oh, go ahead. 
News, news, news. That's me, news. The news. This week in the news, we've had some, if we want to talk about it, if anybody cares, some Gamergate developments. They said a bunch of people were unethical because they were a member of a mailing list, and Anthony Birch is an unethical journalist, despite not being a journalist. But then they added some shit to legitimize those things somehow, but Milo is still not considered an I'm an ethical journalist, so fuck everything's stupid. Somebody leaked Brianna Wu's cell phone. Gamergate descended upon Kiva Bay's Kickstarter. Her cell phone feminist. number or what? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gamergate descended on Kiva Bay's feminist deck and tried to fuck everything up, but it didn't work. And that's the Gamergate news. Anybody want to say anything about it? No. Uh, <laughs> it was a career, so I'm going to stay quiet. <laughs> And this didn't make it into our doc, but today Reddit announced that they were going to adopt an anti-harassment policy, which is very I interesting. I read that. It's wow. right. Some, I mean, it's some questions because, um, you know, a, a lot of different sites like Reddit like to talk big as though they're going to do something and then not actually do it. But apparently, her, um, our friend Adam Strantz on Twitter a lot of people are flipping out saying, oh, Reddit is censoring us. We have to leave. So they're leaving Reddit. Mm-hmm. So it Ooh. might actually work through self-censorship. I think it's really interesting because they didn't – they presented it, like, in storytelling form. So, like, yeah. they didn't just say, here's our policy. Here's what we're going to do, which they do that. But they they tell, like, these clips – like, they tell this long clip of a story from somebody – who they're like, this is the type of thing we want to protect, and people like this aren't able to share on our site. So, like, it's about the freedom of speech, but how free is speech on our site if people can't talk because of harassment? Right. So it's not like yeah. they're curtailing freedom of speech, they're just putting up enough, a minimal level of protection so that even more voices can be heard. Right, and well, that's, that's the thing, though. I mean, assholes like to hide behind the, oh, censorship defense when nothing's actually being censored and you're exactly right and so are they in that when there's rampant harassment when everyone is free to harass in that sense a lot of people do get silenced Mm -hmm. and you know for all that so many of these communities are like oh we believe in freedom of speech they ban people from those communities they downvote people into silence. Yep. I mean, there's yeah. there's no such He's thing as a pure en- right. Did that too. There's no pure environment on Reddit, so it's just smoke and mirrors anyway. There's uh, no pure environment anywhere. I mean, of course like, not. There's, there's always threats and silencing all the time, and so all of the, all they're saying is, look, we recognize that these are our core values, and we will protect them. Mm-hmm. That's pretty legit. Yeah. But we'll see if anything actually comes of it besides people leaving because, you know, the idea of somebody stopping trolling is so offensively abhorrent that they can't possibly deal with it, which is an issue that needs to be discussed in and of itself, but I just don't have the fucking energy today (laughs) (laughs) to be real and be real. And the last thing, I think the most interesting item of news that I have is so after all of that bullshit with Ubisoft, like, oh, it's so hard to program a female protagonist. Then we can't reuse any of our stuff that we reuse all the time. Yeah. Oh, they didn't say that part. I added it. A little editorializing there. Uh, they did announce that in Assassin's Creed Syndicate, there's going to be a female protagonist, except not really because she's like a quarter of the game when the other guy is like 75%. 
Yeah. They're twi are they twins? Or they're brother and sister? Yeah, Isn't that what happens? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so thanks know. for the tiny bone we've been flung, Ubisoft. Good good job. You know, my coworker came up to me and told me about that and she's you know, she's just starting to get into games now. She's my age, she's twenty five or twenty six and um she was saying that you know, the two, like, there's there's going to be siblings and all that. And I was, like, I, like, turned to her and I, like, put my arms down on my desk and I was, like, it is fucking 2015. Can we just have a female protagonist? <laughs> like, why do we no, have to, like... No, we like, can't. What's going on? Like, I, I mean, you know, I, or why not have two girl siblings? Or I don't know, just, like... I don't if, there, if there's two girls, there oh, has shit, to be that's... lipstick, high heels, and sex involved. Yeah, oh, they geez. have to have some sort of twin cest or some shit. Yeah. Which they I don't may know. do anyway. We'll see. <laughs> oh. I just I don't know. It just feels weird. It's like throwing the blanket over. <laughs> I don't know. We're like easing people slowly into like the idea of oh main well, you know, character, but I was I was talking. I'm sorry to interrupt. Not really. No, sorry. Um, no, go ahead. I was talking to Sam about this today because when I was prepping that conference proposal, I was saying you know when you go back and look at The Walking Dead, I think it was obvious that Clementine was always going to be the protagonist. Yeah. They were grooming her for that. Um, but they didn't start there. Right. Even though they have the most sexless, inoffensive character ever in Clementine, because, I mean, in the second game, she's 11, right? Yeah. And still they have to start with Lee. Not that Lee's not an awesome character. Lee's a great character. Yeah. But Lee exists to groom Clementine to be a protagonist. That's his role. Do you yeah, think it's it, going to be kind of similar in this game, maybe? I don't know. No. I mean, yeah. I think that I think Ubisoft is like, shit, we took a lot of flack for saying we won't have women because it's hard and people are mad. So we'll, we'll throw one in for a few scenes and you can play as her for a little bit. But this idea of women being relegated to a couple of chapters in the game or just multiplayer options... Or just whatever on the fringes. Fuck it. I'm so tired of it. You're right. It is 2015. Yeah. We live in the fucking future. We have computers in our pockets. What the shit is this? I got I got interviewed today for a podcast series that my department's doing too. And I got asked that question um, about female protagonists and the reasons why developers say they don't make them. And of course, they, yeah, it's hard. It takes this many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to be able to program a good character we can't program two, we can't program three. And I was saying, uh, like, you guys all saw that meme of the white male protagonist, right? Mm -hmm. um, with, like, so picture after picture after picture after picture of all these game, boring games with the same looking character. Anyway, and I was talking about that, and I really think that we're at a tipping point in the gaming industry if we haven't tipped, where we don't accept that as an excuse anymore. There's constant criticism, outcry, 50% of the players are women, we spend more money than men do, and, and even men are like, I'm really sick of your boring 30-something, uh, slightly you know, disheveled white male character. I want a good game, I want a diverse game, I want an innovative game, and that doesn't happen by making the same design choices over and over and over. I'm sorry it's fucking hard. But you're going to go out of business if you don't step up and address the wants and needs of your audience. Yeah, you know, I have I have two questions to raise on that. I think that was all on fleek as we were talking about that earlier. <laughs> um, uh, two questions on that. The first one is, how much money gets spent animating fucking stubble 
on these same scruffy ass white dudes. Jeez. How much money, how much time, how many hours goes into painting these dudes' faces so that they can all look the same? It's ridiculous. Why is it any different than making like a, a female model? It's, well, that's what they say. They put because obviously not, you're going to have a complex excuse. male character, and we can't put more money and more time into making female characters or minority characters, right? Because we obviously have to have this perfect white male protagonist. That's where the mindset is. They're like, oh. well, we can't make women because we have to make this guy, and that's all our dollars. Well, don't make the guy then. You know, yeah. do you know whatever? Like, there's other options out there other than. Well, we can only make one, and obviously it has to be a white male. It's like Highlander. There can be only one. They just can't <laughs> think past this idea, this story of the dude, the hero, who has to go in and do the hero thing. And, so it's what? all the programmers are the white males. Like, we yeah. need more diversity behind the fucking scenes. Yeah. And then that would make more sense. Well, of course you have a female character, because look, there's half the people in this room are women. Of course we have a minority character. Half the people in this room are, you know, some sort of minorities. Like, that's how it happens. It's a symptom, you know? I'm so tired of the word, and this is not a, a knock on you. I'm, I'm tired of all the different phrases to talk about quote-unquote minorities, people I know. of color, because, you know, it's in so many cases... They're not. They're not minorities at all. Yeah. No, it's it's just another symptom of us saying white people are the default. And look, yep. yes, most of us on this podcast are white. Um, but that's because traditionally white people have more access to these kinds of things that got us to where we are right now. Mm-hmm. doesn't have to be that way. We need to stop assuming that that's the only way shit can be. Or and it's this, not going to change. This is a diverse podcast in terms of... Other things. And uh, in terms of other things, yeah. Uh, and it's it's what what's really interesting is that this is a podcast of um, mostly white folks, mostly. Not all of us are white. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, how you doing, but, Sam? How you doing? <laughs> I ain't out nobody, but I ain't the only non-white person in here. Um, <laughs> um but. And, and she ain't even looking up. She's like, what? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> but, but, you know... I'm already so getting my career group. destroyed, okay? <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe they won't destroy it if they find out you ain't white. Um, um, I get like a double whammy for them. <laughs> so you have a group of, of, of mostly white folks brought together by, um, if Alex is claiming it, non-white folks. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. No. Oh. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's reflective of academia, you know, and I think it's reflective of the the people who have the voice right now. Like Sam, you've always said too. Like, people who have the voice, and as, as a tenure faculty, you did this all the time as for people like me who are graduate students. Like, when you have the voice, you have to use it and mm-hmm. open up that space. Mm-hmm. We resisted having male cast members for a long time, not because we don't think they have amazing things to say, but because a space needed to be opened for women to be able to talk. Yeah. And I know we get criticized for that. They're like, oh, a bunch of women, how diverse is that? You don't even have any men. And it's not about this raw 
diversity where we want one of every kind of person. Right. It's about diversity. looking at this environment and this context and saying we need to do something to start making a systematic progression towards equality. Not equality right here in this tiny podcast, but opening a space for people who aren't represented in the community as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I think that that's you're you're absolutely right and I have I have I've been like that as as a tenured faculty member um and <laughs> the the funny part is is that I was kind of like that before I was a tenured faculty member I, which I was which was why, as a graduate student, the tenure faculty at my at my graduate institution were laying bets on the fact that I would never get tenure, no. uh, <laughs> because Which... I simply refused to not speak up and speak out. Um, and it, a lot of it has to do with identity politics, right? Uh, you know, I am a you know I am black. I am queer. I am all of these wonderful things. Um, so for me not to speak out is really problematic because it's not that I speak out to be political. It is that I am political simply because I am. Yeah. yeah. Right? And, and that's the that. social justice warrior thing that doesn't make any sense. It's not people on a crusade to be on a crusade. Right. We're defending our place in the world, in the community we care about. Two, two things. First, I have a question for Sam. What? Um, do you feel like that's sometimes unfairly thrust on people? Like sometimes people just want to be... Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, right? And, and it's, a, it's something that you have to decide for yourself, right? Um... In my mind, I have no choice but to speak out, right? I, I don't. Yeah. There, there's nothing that I can say. There is nothing in me that would allow me not to. Um, other people cannot, and I fully respect that. And, and it is not, and I will always speak out even for that person who can't speak out, who doesn't feel that they can speak out for themselves, even if they are in the same situation. I will still speak out for them. It's not like, well, you didn't speak up for yourself, so fuck you. No, I'm not going to do that. Sam walks the fucking walk on this. I have seen it many <laughs> times. Yeah. She is not I, talking shit. <laughs> I, I just think it's important, right? I, I think it's important. If we are going to value one another as human beings, we have to stand up for one another as human right. beings. I agree. I also, like, I just want to add something. I mean we create such a welcoming space and like a space to give voices and it's like we've had like men on the podcast before it's not like <laughs> like we don't like disallow that or something and and just thinking about what you were saying about supporting one another i was really i was talking to you guys earlier on the um on facebook about what brianna wu said uh last during the last podcast and how she was saying something about like women in this in the gaming industry or just you know in the gaming field somewhere um, needs to be relentlessly supportive of one another and that really just stuck with me and it just like it set fire within me and I'm like yes that is absolutely true and like I just I don't know it's it is so so true and it was such an honest upfront thing to say 
Can I say something kind of related to that, but a little bit off topic? Sure. So I interviewed when I was, before I think I went to my PhD, um, I interviewed this woman who is, uh, she trains CEOs for Fortune 500 companies. So when Fortune 500 companies want a new CEO, they vet them for like a year. And this woman vets them, trains them, spends a year with them, whatever. She makes tons of money. And she, you know, uh, was tr trying to pick a new CEO for Best Buy or something like that. So she's this high up, trained CEOs. So she was talking, I interviewed her, she's part of the Women's uh, Executive Coalition in Minnesota, and I said, well, the, something we run into in the gaming industry a lot are people saying that there's no qualified women, so they can't hire them. And she said, yeah, I run into that a lot, you know, picking CEOs who are women, who have less experience, who have less this, who have less this, who have less this. And she, I was like, well, how do you get over that? And she goes, who the fuck do you think defines what qualified is? Yeah. The bunch of people who look the same, who have the same background, and they decide you need X, Y, and Z. Yeah. No one, no one said you need those things to be a CEO except a group of people who all look the same. So yeah. fuck their qualifications. I will reach down to somebody who is, quote, unqualified and pull them up, a woman. I will pull her up and put her in a position because she will do a better job, even though Every other person might think she's not qualified. <laughs> I was like, that reminded me of the Bri what Brianna Wu said too. Yeah, That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's a really good point. Anyway, you well, had two I things, think, Alicia. What? Didn't you have two things or something? Well, yeah, and the second one is I think this makes a really good segue to tonight's issue, and that just sort of naturally happened. I didn't plan it. Well, what so about we'll the indie game? game. Right. We'll do after that. Yeah. Oh. I'll do my indie game after, or do I do it now? Um, do it yes, do it after. I'll do it after. This is the next. Oh, let me just introduce tonight's issue really briefly. Um, we wanted to talk, and this was requested. I think if we not listen to our fans, um, we were asked to talk about choice feminism. We probably would have anyway because there was a little bit of a controversy in the past few controversies. Um, some of the things that have happened, like uh, Laverne Cox posing nude, some so-called feminists and non-feminists speaking out that, um, and then the discussion of choice feminism after Sarkeesian's about it, and that's when it came into our sphere. And in gaming, and of course, feminism has been a hot topic in gaming in recent months because of this idea of the social justice warrior, you know, crusading with pitchforks, ruining everything for everybody because we all hate fun and games and we don't play them. You know, the drill. But we thought tonight we would get together and talk about the idea of choice feminism, about maybe a little bit with intersectional feminism, the way we see feminism, and I want to introduce this with two disclaimers. The first disclaimer is this. Um, in this group, we span uh, almost a 20-year age difference. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of different experiences. Um, we don't always share the same ideas. I know that's <laughs> shocking. Social justice warriors who don't always think exactly the same way. But I'm always right. <laughs> but Sam is always right, except when she's wrong. All right. And the other thing I want to say is there are things that we don't get right. Okay, we're not we're not experts in everything. We're experts in some things. But if anybody's listening, this is one of the reasons why we do this kind of thing live. So if we say something that is maybe a little questionable, uh, 
talk to us. If you're listening to this later after the fact and you hear something or you read something in one of our posts that you think, I think that they can do better, let us know. We're always going to listen. I know I've been trying, and we talked about this too a little bit with Brianna Wu. I've been trying to to take out certain words from my vocabulary like crazy. And we both said something earlier was crazy, Sam and I, like almost at the same time. And I thought, damn, uh, you know, when you're speaking live, you don't have the erase button. You don't have, you know, delete. Um, and I've been deleting things a lot as I type them lately, but sometimes it's, the shit still comes out of my speech. So if we say something particularly that isn't applicable to maybe trans women, understand. I know intentions are worth nothing, but we are trying to come from a good place. We don't have every experience. We don't speak. We're going to try to discuss the concept of choice feminism, feminism in general, and intersectional feminism as best we can with the tools that we have, the study that we've done, and our own personal experiences. Anybody want to add to that? I think you covered it. Yeah, I think it was, I think it's well, definitely well said. Well, I'll try. Is that Star or is that one of Alex's dogs? It's not mine. It's one yeah. of mine. I'm probably getting swatted. <laughs> oh, shit. We won't be laughing when they come in, will we? No. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. All right. Um, that was such a beautiful sentiment. I'll deal with this. Hold on. <laughs> All right, so let's let's jump in and let's let's start talking about this. Well, and I'll start because I think that I want to start with with what I think about choice feminism. Um, for those who oh, don't hang on, know, I'm supposed to rein you in if you. I'm yeah, you have to rein me in if I get crazy. Thing. So breathe. Okay, go. So with choice feminism, for those who don't know, it is this idea that we're at a new point in kind of a a feminist curve, shall we say, because we or feminist wave, right? Because we've had first wave, second wave, third wave, and now it's got we've gotten to the point that people are like, okay, now this new thing is choice feminism, where it's all about choice, where you choose to do this. And because you choose to do this, there's a feminism for you and there are there are rights that you have to have or 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 or, or want and are fighting for. And we can't judge. Yes, and we can't judge because of that, because people's choices are their own, right? Um, and let me start by saying, one, we don't judge. We shouldn't judge anyway. Um, second, what I want to say is I think choice feminism in that narrow definition is pure and utter bullshit. Um, because let me explain. Don't pull any punches, Sam. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not pulling any punches tonight. Um, uh, let me explain why. Because it implies that all of the things and that women are, and all of the things that women do, I, I are, just lost the audio. <laughs> are choice based? Did you? I did. It's funny because you went. Let me explain why, and there was this long silence. <laughs> oh, I didn't. <laughs> I think I think it's your connection because we it you is, were breaking up was, on us. It's funny. I'm sorry. I'm, um, I'm old. Go ahead. So, I think the 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 thing that we have to get at is a lot of this is not about choice, right? Um, when we talk about queer feminism, that's not a choice because being queer is not a choice. 
um, when we talk about feminism that has to deal with um, poverty or race or um, gender identification, that's not choice feminism because, once again, it's not a choice, right? And to say that these things are choices or to frame them as choices robs the personal of the political, right? Because it says you make that choice to do these things. You make that choice. We're not going to judge you, but it's your choice. And it's not a choice. I didn't choose to be queer. I didn't choose to be black. I didn't choose to be any of the things that I am. But the way that I interact with the world and the way the world interacts with me is based upon those things. So choice doesn't have shit to do with it. That's true. So that's what I'm going to start with when I talk <laughs> about choice. <laughs> uh, can I come in on the end of that with something? Yes. Um, you know, a lot of people have discussed with me the fact that uh, it seems strange that I like makeup and dresses and all these things are pretty traditionally girly, quote-unquote, when I myself am, well, I'm me, um, and am not in any way anything that would ever be considered traditionally girly. I'm uh, rude, and I you? swear a lot, yet, and I drink, and I, I don't and really give a fuck about it. But even though I like those things, I, I question myself a lot why I do, why I enjoy makeup, and dresses, and you know, honestly, a lot of it has to do with the fact that navigating the world as a fat woman, as a woman um, in academia who has children, uh, as a woman who is not traditionally attractive or whatever, is difficult. Okay, it's fucking hard. Just like it's fucking hard for every other woman, it's hard to be a woman in this world. And I think that even though I like dresses and everything and I choose, quote-unquote, to wear them most of the time, mm -hmm. to wear full makeup, to wear lots of jewelry, it's not necessarily a choice I would have made in any other body, in any other situation, mm -hmm. but it makes my life easier. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting because you and I are in the same boat in many ways. I'm a fat woman in academia with children, and I don't choose to do any of those things. But, like you said, those are choices that people make, and and but they're not real choices. No, they're not, and we can't look at the choices without looking at everything around choices. Exactly. Right? Well, and I think that's where choice feminism really starts to go off the rails for me, because you guys are talking about personal choices you make as a woman, right? Mm -hmm. Um. They're not necessarily feminist. They're not necessarily anti-feminist. But what the common thread is between both of you is that you work towards systemic institutional equality. Yes. Well, whether it's right or wrong that I also like to wear makeup and dresses, whether it's bad or good or this or that, we still work at the contextual level to try and make things better for all women, right? And here's and and you're 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 spot on, I think, Alex Lane. And I want to throw this in because 
in my mind, choices cease to be choices when they are decisions made in response to um, systemic inequality. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's not a choice if you are, if you do this for the sake of self-preservation. It is not a choice. Yeah. It's not a choice for a woman to be a, a sex worker if that is the only thing she can do in order to feed her children and, and survive. And right? this so it's, like, me, it's like, do but, this or your children starve. That's not a choice. This no, that's me. something you said. You and I had this argument. We probably talked about it on the podcast before. Um, we, we argue about stuff constantly. Sam and I, we did when I was in grad school. And we totally get along now. No, uh, <laughs> we argued about making part of the logo for Not Your Mama's Gamer pink. Like that's some, I like pink. I identify with it. For me to be able to associate with something that's feminine is actually powerful. I grew up tomboy my whole life, and to be able to put on a skirt was empowering. Like, fuck you, I will dress how I want. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed to look like a woman. Fuck you, you know? So anyway, we argued about that. When, when P wanted a kitchen set, Sam didn't <laughs> want to give her one. Because, you know, systemically, women are told, you should be in the kitchen, you should be cooking, you should be this. Never mind that she wanted it because Sam was always cooking in the kitchen and she wanted to be like her mom, you know? Yeah. That's complex, and that's why you can't yeah. take one situation, one personal situation, and apply it at this broad level. Like, these, these things have to come collectively. They can't come, well, Sam bought her kid a kitchen, so therefore all women can be in the kitchen from now on, and it's okay. <laughs> you know, it doesn't fucking work like that. But choice feminism pretends it does. Oh, I just hit my desk. I'm sorry, Alicia. I cut you okay. off. It's such a it's such a great it, it that's a great example about P. Um, but I just want to say something before we get a flood of angry hate mail. That yes. what Sam I assume did not mean to say that all sex workers do it out of necessity. No, I did not. I did. Right. Fact, that's I not. I just mean, I, I, I didn't mean to. I had no intention. No, um, I, I know, but I just want to take the time well, to say I knew were, what you meant. I'm sure everybody here knew what you meant, but if somebody just kind of bopped in at that moment. We were on kind of a slippery slope, though, because we were talking about choices that aren't really choices because of, let's right. say, the patriarchy or the mm -hmm. system in place. Like, are our choices really our choices? I think no, I, for, they, for, I think for they some, are sometimes. For some sometimes people, they are. being a sex worker is an empowering thing, and, yeah. and I fully appreciate like, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't judge for that. I mean, that that is that is totally and completely different from what I was talking about, which right. is I was talking about doing it out of necessity. Yeah, so right. if I if I imply that in any way, shape, or form, thank you for for pointing that out. You you didn't. I don't think that you did. I just wanted to to bring us back to that so we didn't just leave it there. That's not an aside. That's a crucial point. If you choose to dress the way you do. Maybe because you want to, maybe because you feel pressure, who knows? Maybe your kid likes princesses because they just like princesses. Maybe they do it because all the girls at their school like them. You know, yeah. like, you need to, like, that ha to have the choices to make all these different negotiations. And, and the two things that are important about that is, one, the issue I think we're going to discuss a lot is that, systemically, many of these choices are not always choices for all women. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's the problem. And the other thing is 
if we spend all this time arguing about everybody's choices and the choices that they make and if it's empowering or if it's from internalized misogyny or this or that or what's feminist and what isn't feminist and let's judge you even though we're saying that we're not judging, we're not talking about dismantling that system. Right. It's a fucking distraction and I won't know. Yes. I know the, the Linda Hirschman started it. I don't think she meant it that way but goddamn, the people who snagged onto it I'm pretty sure just wanted to stop us from talking about anything that's fucking important. This actually is one of my actual talking points for tonight, which is the idea that the essentialism argument can kill any progress that feminists try to make. Yeah. So if you fight for women's rights, this is, this is an argument that was made to me numerous times during my graduate uh, school career, existence, whatever, is that if you fight for women's rights, you're going back to essentialism, that there's man and there's woman, and that's how the world works, and therefore you're oppressing trans people or people who have some sort of other identification. And that was used to shut down so many fruitful arguments about mm -hmm. equality and about progress and about women's rights and feminism. And that, like you said, is not acceptable. I don't... Mm -hmm. we, we can make our arguments reasonable. I would like to think that the decisions I make as a feminist, which might be wrong sometimes, are good for everybody. We fight for diversity. We fight for inclusion. You know, things like that that aren't specific to women. Now, in a certain situation, there might be a call for or an appropriateness that more women need to be represented. That doesn't mean more other people don't need to be represented too, right? right. Just because you can't fight every battle at once doesn't mean the battle you are fighting is worthless. Wow, you're all blowing my mind right now. <laughs> because now I'm thinking about choices and like I'm I'm still developing my feminist identity and how I want to think about things and how I want to present myself and you know it really was only I don't know maybe two or three years ago where I decided that you know I was a I, I was a feminist and I had feminist ideas and opinions and all that and um. I'm just thinking about how I like to dress personally. And I have some days where I'm like a hoodie and friggin' yoga pants, and that is where I am at all day. My hair is mm -hmm. thrown up. I don't really care. No makeup. Don't give a shit. Don't care if I go out like that. Um, and then I have other days where I... <laughs> this is going to sound hilarious, but you guys won't judge. I love the way, like my legs look in fishnets <laughs> and like I like dresses and like I like I like expressing that about myself and about my body <laughs> and about you know like I I enjoy that about myself and I, I do it for myself but then but now you have me thinking about my work and now and I'm thinking about like you know what if I dressed totally like if I dressed like that like in fishnets and stuff at work um, how how would they view me? And then, I'm sorry, I'm trying to word it. No, no, it's um, good. Am, when I am in a work space, which is an institution of some kind, and it's systematic, um, my choices on how I present myself, with whether it's clothing or, I don't know, does behavior count in this kind of thing as well? Sure. Um, is it because I'm trying to fit in there and be appropriate because of how 
the system is there. It's very weird. It's very well, like you know. Oh, you guys got me thinking about that. Now I'm like, <laughs> now I don't know. I don't know how I feel and how I, I how think I feel about this. If I what can say think? one little thing, I think that everybody does that to some extent, right? Yeah. Within a system, within an institution, you have certain expectations of behavior, presentation, whatever. But the very fact that we have to have this conversation and keep having it and have it constantly as women illustrates a very dynamic difference between the way women and men are treated. Because I will tell you this. My husband, for instance, I will promise you, has since the beginning of this year combed his hair exactly twice. <laughs> and it was both day. there were both days when he had to wear a suit for something at school. So part of that was, well, I guess I should probably comb my hair. And in fact, I think both of those days I actually combed it for him. Um, he rolls out of bed. He does not care. He throws on whatever comes to hand. He doesn't think about it. He doesn't think about whether or not he's going to be judged because he chose to wear fishnets that day or a pocket <laughs> tee or if his pants are tied across his butt. He does not give a single hairy fuck. I think there are men who do, though. Like, I think... There are. I think about, like, Mike, you know, he like he's very... He is conscious of when he's going to work or when he's playing disc golf. Like, there's different roles that men, women, um, yeah. anybody have that they dress differently for. I think mm -hmm. one of the differences is that there's an enormous societal pressure um, that comes with non-males when they dress um, that goes outside of the realm of professionalism or appropriateness for the environment. Mm -hmm. Like I remember a few years ago, there was a woman who wrote about wearing a polka dotted dress and fishnets to this conference. And it wasn't the men who were acting inappropriate towards her. It was these feminists that were like, you just undid years of our fucking work trying to get to not be seen as sexualized objects. And she's like, fuck you. I'll dress all I want. Right. Yeah. 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 That's the Outrageous. outcome of your work. Actually, that was my talking point. Was you Sorry. know you read no you you segued way into it. It's beautiful. <laughs> so you know you read these these uh, anti-feminist blogs like Who Needs Feminism or whatever, mm -hmm. and you see a lot of the stuff that 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 really bothers me. Like we hate men, which of course is not true, or we want to be more equal than men, whatever that means. Um, yeah. But then occasionally you see something like what Alex is talking about, where somebody is saying feminists attack them. And it's it's coming from somewhere. Something happened, mm -hmm. and and that's not good either. No. Yep. No, so. it's not. But then, these quote unquote feminists who attack women for expressing themselves in the way that they want to and feel comfortable doing are not feminists. Right. That's the problem. Yep. Right. right. Is that they are getting labeled feminists. Because, or they claim you know, to be. Or I was going to say, or they're claiming, that's exactly what I was going to say. They're claiming to be feminist when they have no fucking clue of what the word actually means. Sam, I've never heard you comment on women's clothes. Like, oh, what a trampo. Or I don't know what people say, but I've never heard <laughs> anything like you know. I don't know, but I'm going to use trampo tomorrow. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah. like a form of policing. Yes. Yeah. It's really, I don't know, it's uncomfortable and not okay. It's not. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not. You know, it, even for me, I don't, I don't, I'm not girly, as y'all may have noticed, but um, <clears throat> I, I have gray hair, and it doesn't bother me except that it bothers everybody else, and they'll yeah. tell, they tell me all about it, 
And oh, people so, love to comment on gray hair. Oh, I know. And so I, uh, I got gray hair. I want gray hair so bad. <laughs> gray hair on mine. I don't like to dye it because it, it actually makes me a little panicky because of the chemicals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like and, seeping in your brain. But no, just like I get like, I mean this is silly, but I get sort of persuaded by the, the uh, allergic reaction stories. <laughs> oh. And I start to think maybe this is not a good idea. But anyway. But that's your choice. The yeah. point is I don't dye my hair because um, it doesn't bother me, but it bothers everybody else. So occasionally I do dye my hair. Occasionally I do fall into that. I just need to shut everybody up, so I'll dye my hair. And mm -hmm. it, it, it is very um, disturbing to me when I do that. Um, I think one of the things that we're talking about and kind of skirting around, too, is this idea of things we do personally because we believe in them, because we care about them, even if we don't see them as venomous, and, and this idea that every action you have, um, every action women have, are somehow inherently feminist. And that's the core of choice feminism, right? Everything we choose to do is feminist because we're women. And that is, a, as Sam pointed out at the beginning, a really big problem, and it's not right. Um, yeah. I got in, I'm in an argument on the blog right now. Actually, I'm not in it anymore. I'm done with it. Um, <laughs> where someone was saying, I couldn't criticize another woman for what she was doing, um, which I saw as vehemently anti-woman uh, because she was a woman and that was anti-feminist of me. So I was not allowed to criticize her. That's fucking bullshit. That is bullshit. But you know what? That is the same rationale of saying you can't criticize games and still like games. Hey, that sure. was me. I said that. Sure. I'm <laughs> sure exactly. Did you and say that? that? Yeah, I did say it today. It's absolutely the, tr the truth. And here's the difference, okay? It's not like in that argument you said something like, this woman is an idiot and I hate her and I'm she should die. I'm going to fucking burn her to the ground. Yeah. Right. Or I'm going to destroy her career. Right. <laughs> but you said, look, here are some actions that are, you know, frankly questionable and we should talk about them and what they mean right. and what the implications are. Here's a bunch like of facts. We can here's say, stuff she said. Here's stuff she's posted. Yeah. Here's this. Here's that. Here's the way I'm drawing the dots and I'm fucking worried about it. That's a problem. Just as when we say, you know what, it's really fun to play Destiny except the game is super flawed and kind of has some racist, I don't know if you want to call it racist, but yeah, I'm going to say racist, yeah. undertones and is probably a little damaging but it doesn't mean I'm going to stop playing it 100% because what else am I going to do with my time? <laughs> Alex, I feel like with your post, I feel like it's it wasn't an attack and it wasn't policing. It was it something else. It was, it was right. It was an analysis. It was opening up a dialogue. It, I think those are very different things, and um, I think people tend to confuse that. Well, I think you <laughs> ought to be able to draw conclusions about other things other people say, regardless of their gender identification. Yeah. You ought to be able to draw conclusions about them and have a dialogue about it. Like, yeah. I thought they were deeply disturbing, the conclusions I drew from the evidence that I looked at. Fine. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't insulting. I wasn't threatening. Yeah. I didn't engage in any behavior that I was embarrassed about. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that warrants a certain level of... I was, try I was trying really hard to elevate the dialogue with this, right? It would be easy to attack. And so to something, one of the criticisms was, oh, women are always criticized for using their emotions manipulatively. 
that wasn't what what the point. Well, okay, so yes, that was part of my that was part of my questioning of the video. Is this being used to make money? Um, I looked at evidence. It wasn't because she was a woman. If she was a guy up there crying about Gamergate, I would have said the exact same thing. Um, and just because that's levied as a problematic insult doesn't mean that we can't ever have that discussion again, right? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. I thought, actually, I thought your post was very uh, fair because I, I felt the same way when I watched the video. It was very confusing to me because yeah. mm-hmm. it, it evoked empathy, but at the same time, I didn't understand the argument. And, that, and that, was, that was exactly, like, when the, the, my words were getting picked apart, seemingly, and this and that, it was because I was coming to grips with watching this video. I'm like holy shit, you know, like, this kind of humanizes Gamergate. And I don't know how I feel about that. And I don't yeah. understand this rhetoric. And let me do some research behind this. Okay, mm-hmm. so this group's making money. Okay, they're associated with these other groups doing these horrible things, okay? You know, so I was kind of, like, working through that. And I yeah. feel we ought to be able to do that and not be anti-feminist, right? Yes. Right. Absolutely. But that's the choice feminism. She was right because she's a woman and she can say anything she wants and it's feminist and I'm anti-feminist for critiquing her. That's the choice feminism. Well, if this, that's the case then that would make Alicia anti-feminist for <laughs> for 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 earlier saying, well let me let me let me make sure that is well understood what Sam meant when she said, you know, sex workers are sometimes sometimes don't have a choice. No, it's not. Right. It's it's the part of good community building, right? It is a part of open dialogue. It is a part of being humans and living together with other humans that have different experiences and come from different subject positions and Mm -hmm. ultimately are going to believe different things, right? And that kind of leads us, leads us, I want to kind of bring this up for a second, into this notion of intersectional feminism, right? Which is which is much more where we need to be yes. than with choice feminism, right? Because intersectional feminism at its core, right, looks at all of the different subject positions and identity markers that a human being has. That, And in this case, we're talking specifically about women. And then looks and kind of puts them together in this Venn diagram and looks for that area of overlap. Right, the things that are at the intersection, mm-hmm. right, and that is who that person is because you know it's the, you can't be just black or you can't be just queer or you can't be just a mother or just um, you know just these things. You are all of those things together, and your experiences in all of those different bubbles for the lack of a better word, and all those different discourse communities and all those different identity communities are what make you who you are as a person. And that little bitty space is where you live, yeah. right? It is where you live and it is where all of your thoughts and feelings and emotions and passions come from, right? Because it is all of the things that I have experienced in my coming tomorrow 46 fucking years. Wow. <laughs> Fuck you. And <laughs> hey, now I'm the second oldest person here. So. I'm not the youngest anymore. No, you're not. 
So, but it, no, seriously, in all seriousness, it is all of these things. It is all of these things that I have experienced and all of these things that I am even outside of those experiences that make me that person, as we were talking about earlier, that make me that person that can't say, I'm not going to say anything about that. Yeah. Yeah. Trust. If you want an argument, come looking for me because you're going to get one. Yeah. You know, it's gonna not It's so easy to tear things down that other people are building, but it is really difficult to build them up. So when you're looking at somebody like Sam, who's trying to build a foundation through her graduate students, through her program, of this idea of intersectional feminism, where people don't just take X, Y, or Z part of them and advocate for it, but they take everything and try to make something better, it's really easy to come along and say, oh, that part's not perfect. Oh, yeah. you didn't include this type of person here. Oh, you said blah. What the fuck? You're not abiding by your principles. Like, that is so easy to do. Yeah, that is and it's, bullshit. It's just derailing. It doesn't, it doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help anything. Yeah, we want to listen, and we want to hear, and we want to know what we can do that's better, okay? Always. At least I yeah. assume that we do. I do. I always want to do better. But there's a difference between the same thing here, attacking people and saying you're not feminist because you forgot something or you don't understand somebody else's experiences yeah. and saying, hey, let's talk about this. Right. But this has to do, too, with call-out culture, and that's a whole different animal. I, um, I have two things. Mm -hmm. Number one, Sam was just so passionate just a moment ago that she was blurring all over the place on my screen because her arms were going everywhere. <laughs> and she was like, she like, <laughs> she broke the screen pretty much. So, um, <laughs> anyway, that was awesome, Sam. And um, second of all, I now call me out on this if I'm going in a weird direction or if I'm not defining it correctly. But is there is there an idea that just because you're a woman, you're right, kind of thing in feminism. No, For just some. because I'm Sam, I'm right. But no, <laughs> that's, part of, that's a little bit of the choice feminism, though. Yeah, I, I wanted to just like I wanted to talk about it a little bit and try to figure out what that was because I've seen that a little bit, like here and I mean, well, I've seen that a lot, bit you know, on Twitter and everything. But um, yeah, could someone fill me in? Well, this sort of reminds me of when a family member told me that I should vote for any female or any woman candidate for president, regardless of what she says. <laughs> and I, I won't, I won't call out the specific female in question. <laughs> was she from Alaska? She was from Alaska. I did not agree that I should vote for any woman candidate for president, and I still no. do not agree that. But that's what this choice this choice thing reminds me of. Like we're supposed to support everybody regardless and Well and Ashley to answer your question, there's not even agreement in feminism about what a woman is. <coughs> I mean you can't say all women are right all the time because really a woman as a category is kind of what Sam is saying, which is an intersection of a bunch of different things. Oh right. is it that you have a vagina? Not necessarily. Is it that you can bear children? Not necessarily. Is it you that know, you know this is really interesting because this is kind of off topic, but to the left of the topic, so I hope it's okay. I was uh, I was at the store the other day with my family, and I was buying some tampons. <laughs> and my son was there, right? And he was asking me, like, what I was doing. 
I didn't feel like having the conversation right then about, you know, my vagina. Um, <laughs> but then I was thinking about it later, like, he, he said hey, it. How's your vagina? I have to ask. It's very popular. Uh, a lot of people have been in and out of it uh, over the years. <laughs> but no, okay. I was thinking about he's he's seven, so he's not he's not like old enough necessarily that I have to explain this stuff to him. But I've been very open in talking to him about um, sexuality and uh, personhood, especially in terms of the laws, the recent legal fuckery here in Indiana. Yes. And I was thinking like it's not going to be that long before I really need to explain to him about women's bodies and how that works and what's going on and how do I do that in a way so I was like well women who can have children well not necessarily well all women well not necessarily mm -hmm. everything I came back to on trying to explain the fact that I'm bleeding out of my body monthly and it's totally okay um, felt like it wasn't it wasn't good it wasn't a good intersectional discussion of that and I still don't know. I haven't figured out yet how I'm going to navigate that. I'm going to have to look up some resources because I don't I, – I've just begun to talk to him about these things, about how the idea of what a woman is may not just be a girl and all women don't wear dresses and have long hair, and I don't want to derail his burgeoning knowledge. Yes. Yeah. That's a nice way to think about how to enact feminism, intersectional feminism, like – actually things you would teach somebody else, you know? Mm -hmm. that's, we yeah. always have to articulate it better for kids especially than we can articulate it for ourselves. And, and you know what? Kids do a really good job. They get it better than we do. <laughs> of doing it for themselves. I mean, in, in, in all seriousness, because they try to make things fit. They try to make sense of the world around them, right? Because, you know, my daughter was, good God, three when she kind of blew my mind one day when we were talking and, and she was talking about mamas at her school or at her daycare on campus where, you know, we have a lot of, like, faculty kids and faculty wives and, and you know, that do different things. And she said, no, mama, not mamas like you, mamas with long hair. Ooh, interesting. Mm. And there she was talking more about, about gender identification than hairstyle and the way she reads me not only in terms of gender identification but also in terms of the role that I play as woman and the role that I play as human mm. right because yeah. she associates a very specific kind of thing and to and and that is like kids start to do that for themselves and that is an interesting thing because that gives you an opportunity to talk about the intersections of who we are. So, yeah. I mean, she knows that, you know, her mama is a mama who loves other women. Her mama will never marry a man. She knows that. If mama ever got married, it would be to a woman. She knows that, you know, mama has short hair. Mama doesn't wear dresses. Mama doesn't wear makeup. Mama doesn't wear jewelry. Mama doesn't do these things because... But it doesn't is, mean that mama's not a woman. Does yeah. not mean well, that mama's not a woman. She understands that. And yeah. children are good at understanding that. Children are better at understanding that than a lot of these fucking idiots out here that are claiming to be educated. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Well, so certainly because we, uh, we I was them. disc golfing, and there was these three girls who looked like the most stereotypical fucking mean girls you've ever seen. And they were walking. They were walking by, and they were. I kind of picked up part of the conversation. And she was like, "Oh my god, have you heard about Tisha?" And the other girl goes, "Yeah, she's a he now." And they're like, "Yeah." And I was. She's like, "Can you believe?" And I was like, "Oh my god, where the fuck is this going?" She goes, "Can you believe the teachers have such a problem with it?" I was like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not that hard. She was a she, and now she's a he. What's the fucking problem? (laughs) She gets to go in the boys' locker room, and she does the stuff with boys now. It's fine. And then then they kind of were walking away, and they're like, I just, I really don't understand how they have such a hard, you know, how how they can't understand it. And I was like, that was all, and this is in Lafayette, Indiana. And I was like, like, did you want to run up and hug each and every one of them? I I like, I seriously, I have goosebumps right now just like retelling that story because I was like, holy shit, there's some hope, right? Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe the teachers don't get it. What's so hard? She's a she, and now she's a he. (laughs) I'll never forget that as long as I live. Anyway. <laughs> and you know, I don't know if you this is this is unrelated, but I'm thinking about it, so I'm gonna say it because it's not like we have any real structure to our conversations or anything. Um, one of the things I hear in terms of feminism, discussions of sexuality, everything, is that so many people this is kind of in line with the all lives matter motherfuckers. <laughs> Every time a celebrity yeah. or something comes out, uh I hear, I don't know why it matters. Why do we need to know? But I don't know if you guys saw this week, Kate Blanchett just kind of said offhandedly yeah. in a conversation, oh, like, yeah. I've had sex with women. Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, neat, whatever. Um, and then the next day it's trending on Facebook. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at Facebook and I'm like, you know what, this is why. She didn't even really No, it didn't. She thing. was like, it whatever. It doesn't matter. But yeah. this is why. This is why we have to keep having these conversations. This is why it does matter for somebody to say, hey, I'm gay. Hey, I'm a feminist. Hey, I'm this. Hey, I'm that. To actually have to fucking identify yourself, whether you and want maybe to or not, to because people matters to do other people. care about it. Yeah. yeah. They can't accept it. It blows their minds. They're like the teachers in your story. Yeah. They can't figure out how would a woman want to be a man because what you know, are like, sometimes you you're just born wrong. What bathroom do you go to? Right. And that's and then that's exactly I mean because I mean in talking about children, I mean because because people are people are all up in arms always about about understanding or having these things explained to their children. Well, you know what? Guess what? If you don't want this if you don't want your children exposed to other children who have um two mamas or queer mamas or two dads or queer dads or any other assortment of gender or sexuality expression. You know what? Keep your kid at home in a fucking bubble. I mean, because it, it's a part of the world. Not yeah, yet. right? It's the world. I mean, it, it's, it's just, it, it makes no sense not to, not to say that, right? And it is, that is the way that we have to explain it to our kids, right? Because I started early with with my kid with with things like understanding, you know, sexuality and gender expression, not only because of who I am and who because of who my friends are, who she would be exposed to, but just because it's a way of the fucking world. Yeah. Right. So we had we had this great book that we had read a million times about my princess it's called My Princess Boy. Right. Yeah. Who is about a little boy who likes to wear princess dresses and sparkly jewelry and fancy shoes and 
um, and his and his parents and friends and family who love him, right? Not in spite of it, not because of it, but just because, hmm. right? And and that was so it was it was we ran into a couple at a big box store who had a little boy who went like crazy gaga fangirly over P's Tinkerbell attire that day and then he turned around and he was like look he was about a year younger than her and she must have been four um, and he was wearing a Tinkerbell backpack and he had Tinkerbell on his sneakers and P was like look mom he's wearing Tinkerbell and the mothers kind of pulled him close like they were waiting and she went, that's the coolest thing ever. He's kind of like my princess boy. And just the relief on their faces made me want to weep openly yeah. in that store. That their little boy was three years old and they had already had responses that made them want, see now I'm about to cry, to pull him close and protect him. <sighs> Society is fucked up. If that is the case, it is fucked up, and that's why we've got to start early. And this is also this is why I don't give a shit what your choices are. As long as you're not actively harming other people, I don't mm -hmm. care what you wear. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you stay home with your fucking kids or you work or whatever. I don't care. Here's what I care about. I care that there's a little boy somewhere who was fucking suffering because he wants his goddamn nails painted. Yeah. I care that there are women who cannot have the fucking jobs that they want because there are too many men who feel like they're not experienced because really they don't want them around. Mm -hmm. That's what I care about. So fuck your choice, feminism. Fuck your choice, feminism. <laughs> We name the the podcast that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Goddamn! Now I'm mad. Mad as hell. Ray Jean Fleek. Always. One hundred percent of always. I am gonna go change my Twitter name tonight. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um. On that note. On that note. <laughs> That's good. Y'all didn't make me need another drink. Um, <laughs> how about an indie game of the week, Alex Lane? Oh, dear. Bring us, bring us back from this shit, man. <laughs> this is why we have to do what we do, though. I know. This is I why know. even though I get in funks when I'm doing this kind of work too much because it's really fucking depressing, it, you gotta keep going. Anyway, so, again, out of the funk. So, uh, my indie game of the week is Home is Where You Start by David Wheel. Um, it was a Steam Greenlight game. It's also Oculus compatible. So it's really made for, for virtual reality. Um, but I played it without one. But I'm going to get one. I'm going to get an Oculus. I'm going to make it work by it for me until I get fired. So um, <laughs> this is a short first-person exploration game called A Walking Simulator which should have been the first indication to me that this was not the game for me um, because I don't have patience and I don't enjoy ambiance. And so it's like, it's so basically what it is is like mist. Like it's a short VR 
version of Mist. Like, I so love who, that. which one of you guys played Mist when you were younger? Me. Me. Okay, so I don't know if you were better at everything than me, but I basically <laughs> walked around Mist for hours and hours and never did anything. I was stupid I as shit. Get it. Yeah, I did the same. I, I just, I just walked around. I totally feel you. And I like could see, like I could find stuff that's a clue. Like, okay, I see that's a clue, but I don't fucking get it. Yep. So, uh, anyway, I've always kind of hated games like that because they really annoy me. And <laughs> this game was absolutely no exception. I streamed it. Um, I had a few people who were really interested in the in seeing the game that were watching. Um, they didn't give me much feedback other than, hey, I'm going to lurk because I'm interested in this game. But it was really boring. Um, <laughs> so I played it for 40 minutes, which was a long time to walk around in fields. And the thing is, like, okay, so I get that I'm not, I'm a little hostile towards, you know, exploratory story games, fine. Um, but this wasn't, look at little Bubby. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I get that, like, that's a genre, and I can tell when a, when something does that good. Dominique Pamplemousse, right? Like, that is a story. But that was fun to play. It was, like, interesting, and it was kind of, like, weird. This, I played for 40 minutes, and I got four different story pieces. Like, I got four different dialogue parts. And it was, like, what I got was so good. Like, I don't want to hate the game, hate on the game. Like, so the t it tells the story of this, I think it's this girl who's, they say she, it's, they set it up like she's coming back to explore her childhood home where she experienced all these really bad abuses at the hands of an alcoholic father. Mm. And so, like, she's in this trailer. You wake up, like, on the road. You're in this trailer. You're but you're only the height of the countertops. But she's talking like she's so reflecting on coming back here. <laughs> but then, so I think it's like kind of confused about like if she's a kid or not. Oh, Ashley, how did I get it? Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, so it's kind of confused. But anyway, like so you walk into this room and like like obviously like this was. I don't want to say, like, the person who made it, like, experienced abuse, but I feel like there's so much reality in the story, in the imagery. Like, it's very haunting. And I, and I have this little quote here, which I thought was just the most perfect review of this game, which was, I was disappointed in the game. I wanted more, but that's just me. It actually left me a little sad. Game, Like, you're sad. In it, you want more from the game, but it's just sad and kind of depressing. So anyway, like it's less than three bucks. Um, if you enjoy that type of kind of walking around and exploring, um, I now know after reading a bunch of comments um, the actual how to actually progress through the game, which I won't tell you. Um, there is only the one scene which I described where you're walking around the house and walking around the yard, um, and you go to a couple different places, and then you find something, you find something else, and then the game's over. So it's very short, but um, but yeah, I mean, less than three bucks. Support an indie developer, support a green light game, and like I wish this person had had more money to make this game better, because I think the the haunting factor is there, but but the rest of it just is short. So that's my indie game of the week. Uh, it's I like called, to. I'll repeat it. Home is where you start. What's that? I just liked your description of it. You find something, you find something else. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> shit happens. And, and that's yeah. not my, my experience of the game is you walk around. But how to finish the game is you find something, then you find something else, and then the game's over. So. Mm. 
if you like Journey, that you know, although Journey actually had stuff, so I can't. Oh, Journey's beautiful. They compared it to Dear Esther. Oh my God, that oh, didn't yeah. want to hurt myself. And one other one, I don't remember what it was, but but I don't know. It looked like story-wise, I thought it was going to be really interesting, but the story they just was nothing there. Mm. It just they, but it, what was there was really good. They just wanted more. I just needed more. So. Did you say it was available? Are going to be available on the Oculus? It I heard is. you say Oculus. Oh, it yeah. is. Okay, okay. I really want to. Ch- I've never tried an Oculus ever in my life, but I want to. But I also get motion sick. So it, then it's really gonna make you ill, especially yeah. since you know, they forgot to test it on women. Um. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they say that the they say the second version is supposed to be better. The Dev Kit Two is supposed to be better. Yeah. And I haven't tried Dev Kit Two, two but Dev Kit One made me so violently ill so quickly. Oh no! Like, Can we buy one for the department? That's every technology. Seatbelts made based on male engineers' body that killed a bunch of fucking women. Oh my God. Breast cancer drugs. Voice recording equipment. Cameras not made for people with dark skin. That a fucking eye watch that doesn't work penetrating dark skin. Like, I haven't heard to talk about that because oh then we're okay, all sorry. racist. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. We're all yeah. I was yeah. bringing us out of the dark place into my game of abuse. <laughs> <laughs> Alcoholism. <laughs> Okay. okay, sorry. Hmm. Moving on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lovely. All right. <laughs> We're Sounds coming good, to a happy place. Take yeah. me to my happy place. All right. <clears throat> um, we have any deals for broadcast gamers this week? Well, oh. Steam appears as having a Capcom publisher weekend. Um, actually, also known as a going out of business sale. Bazing! Hey. <laughs> Look, I apologize, but Dead Rising is my all-time favorite fucking game. Hey, Dead Rising's really high anyway. on the list for me too, so you ain't it's gotta apologize. O- Dead Rising is obviously not on here, but Dead Rising Two is. <laughs> oh well. Well, because it's Dead Rising's not on Steam though, so. But anyway, you can get the the Capcom collection for thirty nine dollars, which includes a whole bunch of stuff, including Dead Rising Two. Ooh. Or you can get uh, it. It goes on from there. Um, Dead Rising two and three for twenty nine dollars. Um, and then the individual games look like they are. Uh, there's so much on here. It looks like they are uh, fifty to eighty percent off. So Dead cool. Rising two by itself is eleven twenty one. Dead Rising three is twenty four ninety nine. Remember me is five ninety nine. I don't know. It was just interesting to me because I love Dead Rising. Really? But. Remember me? It's five ninety nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's all I really see, though. It seems like I don't know. Well, I think people are just kind of laying in wait, waiting for the Steam sale because that's coming soon. Yeah. yeah. The summer sale. Yeah. 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 The summer sale. Where, we, where you will spend all your money. Where me? Well, where I will actually buy a bunch of games and never remember buying them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have so many games just hanging out in my Steam library that I was like, uh, I've never played this, and this is yeah. just here and collecting dust. Yeah. But damn it's it, fun that, it is fun when you, when you want to play a game and you go to buy it and you you learn that you already did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you already own this game. Do you want to give this to a friend? Oh, well, that's exciting. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, okay. no. I'd be playing Don't Starve, and I'm about to be driven insane because I can't find any flowers. Aww. Are you playing Don't Starve right now? <laughs> I am. <laughs> On that, that note, fun. you guys gotta go. save yourselves. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> On that note, <clears throat> um, thank you very much for joining us for the 101st episode of Not Your Mama's Gamer Podcast. And Sam's birthday. And for my birthday. Sam's birthday. <laughs> I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm constantly getting older, but you know what? That doesn't bother me, because you know what that means? I'm not dead. Um, mm-hmm. Fuck yes. <laughs> You're here. Um, and I still got work to do. So, uh, thanks for joining us for the episode, and, and we look forward to um, seeing you, hearing you, hearing from you for our 107th, 102nd episode. <laughs> oh 107th but first the 102nd. Uh, episode. Oh, we're gonna have a guest. Where we're gonna have a guest. Yes, please. Uh, well, we will have a guest, and we will have lots of fun conversations, and perhaps an announcement or two. Um, that's all we're gonna say about that. So you have to join us for a 102 to actually find out what that is. Uh, so until then, since it's hot outside now, for the most mm. part. <laughs> Whatever, it's cool. winter. Yeah. <laughs> stay cool. Stay calm. Um. <laughs> I want to speak. And as always, my lovely friends, game on. Game on. Game on. Game on. Game on.